Just days after Halloween, the Texans win in a thriller at home versus the Bucks. Cody and I discussed what led to the 39-37 victory that came down to the wire. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, 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 Texans fans to this Victory Monday episode of the Locked On Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. To all of our first-time listeners and viewers, if you haven't experienced a Victory Monday before, mm. you're going to experience <laughs> one like you've never had in the past. But make sure you subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked On Texans podcast wherever you get your podcasts including YouTube, and to all of our returning listeners, thank you for lending your ear for another episode. I'm your Texans football analyst, John, some sports guy, Hickman, and of course, the man with the plan who was in the building with the comeback win versus the Tampa Bay Bucks, your Texans credential media member and Sports Illustrated's own Cody Davis. And this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. On today's episode, we're going to look at an all around gritty performance while this game came down to the wire. And unlike in the past, the Houston, mm. Texas pulled it out. What did Jalen Petrie say to ignite this comeback? And then we'll look into the defense. But there's no way we're going to start this game. There's no way we're going to start this show, excuse me, guys, without talking about C.J. Stroud's speechless performance on Sunday. In a game that features six lead changes, a combined 18 penalties for 205 yards, and a second-half emergency kicker, Yare mm. Ongubuwale, mm-hmm. the Texans fall through every type of adversity to beat the Buccaneers 39-37, powered by super rookie and now rookie passing yards in a single game record holder, C.J. Stroud, who went out there and threw for nearly 500 yards on the day for 75 touchdowns. Cody, you was in the building. You was in the NRG. And I think of any day, (laughs) NRG, energy, that building was pumped with energy. Been a long time. What were your takeaways? First off, let me just say this. The biggest takeaway of all, ladies and gentlemen, I don't care if you agree or disagree with me. What we saw from not just C.J. Stroud, but from the Houston Texans alone, and not just the players on the field, but even the coaching staff from D'Amico Ryans and even Bobby Sloan, who took a lot of heat last week. Yes, he did. We witnessed one of the greatest games in franchise history. John, this game was the official coming out party for rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud. This game was the official coming out party for rookie wide receiver Tank Dale. This game was the official coming out party for offensive coordinator Bobby Slowick. This game was the official coming out party for head coach D'Amico Ryans. I can go on and on and on. Look. We we gotta start with the man of the hour, CJ Stroud. 
before moving on, I just want you guys just to listen to what Coach D'Amico Ryans had to say when I asked him, how do you summarize this performance from C.J. Stroud just seven, eight games into his rookie season? It's a gutsy performance from him. Right? It wasn't all clean, but he gutted it out. He was tough in the pocket, made some plays, right? Made some big time throws for us. And the receivers, they were reliable for him. They made those catches. They made tough catches, made big plays for us. So it's all those guys working together. But CJ was just a very gutsy performance by him. The man said gritty. John, later on, we had an opportunity, of course, to talk to CJ Stroud. And CJ Stroud said after Baker Mayfield, Led the Buccaneers down for the for, for their final offensive drive. It left 46 seconds left on the clock. Later on in the show, you guys are going to hear Jalen Petrie say after that drive, Jalen Petrie say he hung his head down a little bit because, of course, it was a heartbreaker. But C.J. Stroud shared with us during the postgame press conference that he told everybody on the sideline, just give me a little bit of time. John, at this stage, I don't even know how we can actually sum up what we are witnessing with C.J. Stroud as of right now. Because to hear how Coach D'Amico Ryans raved about him and his gritty performance, to hear C.J. Stroud tell his teammates, just give me a little bit of time. We're not talking about three minutes, two minutes, one minute. We're not talking about five minutes, four minutes, seven minutes, or whatever the case. 46 seconds. This is the type of quotes and statements people make when you are talking about the greatest quarterbacks over the last 20 years in terms of a Tom Brady, uh, 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 Peyton Manning, uh, Drew Brees, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, you name it. A lot of these quarterbacks who get tagged with this statement of just give me a little bit of time, gritty performance, overcoming adversity. We are talking about quarterbacks who had already came close to or has reached and surpassed the pinnacle of how good they're going to be in the league. None of these quarterbacks had this being said about them eight games into their career. John, at halftime. I I, I will give you one quarterback. It was his second year. Go go ahead. Of course, he had to sit behind Alex. Alex Smith, mm-hmm. late games in the Patrick Mahomes career. I think we all knew that Patrick Mahomes was going to be but, great. But here's the thing, though. Patrick Mahomes had a whole season of learning on the NFL level. Yeah. C.J. Stroud is fresh out of college. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. And, and not only that, this man, C.J., in the first half, we was like, okay, the, the, the start of the quote-unquote he's looking like a rookie quarterback has begun. Even though he he finished the first half with 147 yards, he did not look good. The offense didn't look good. As a matter of fact, when you exclude that one offensive drive that ended in a touchdown in the first half, you're looking at a situation where the Houston Texans had recorded 69 yards in seven plays, excluding that touchdown drive where they recorded 75 yards in seven plays. John, here's the thing about this. C.J. Stroud. And the Houston Texans, they not only got into a record, uh, got into a rhythm, but look what CJ Stroud did in the second half 325 yards. <laughs> like yeah. four, four TDs, 
And, and when I look at CJ, I'm gonna tell you a couple of things that was impressive to me. By the way, these were the keys of victory mm-hmm. to beat the Buccaneers. Number one, I think, was the most important for the Houston Texans. They went up against the Buccaneers defense that were one of the worst defenses in the league when allowing 20 or more explosive plays. And so for me, going into the game, I wanted to see more shots taken downfield because the Bucs, like I said, were one of the worst consistently through the air throughout the year. And that's what we saw. C.J. Stroud goes out and throws 199 yards, three TDs on six of eight attempts on 20 or, 20 or more yard plays downfield. And again, we look at C.J. Stroud, man, going back to, you know, how can this offense re- rejuvenize itself, right? Because at, at the end mm-hmm. of the day, the last couple of weeks has been kind of, you know, not what we saw when you saw the Houston Texans go up against the Steelers. The uh, the the coast in the second half, they went on a run where offensively they were potent. Not the same case in the last couple of weeks. Well, then let's look at C.J. Stroud and, and the criticism of Bobby Slower coming into this game, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, trust me. I got to trust my coaching staff. I got to earn that trust. In that first half, we kind of saw it take off a little bit. And let's be clear. This was a tale of two halves. We saw a rookie bounce back from missing several throws in the first half to connecting on those passes and scoring in the second half. Uh, the criticism of Bobby Sloan being predictable with his play caller, which I think centered around the amount of first down run calls, uh, run play calls throughout this year so far. Given the opportunity, C.J. Stroud was 16 of 19 for 298 yards, four TDs, and a perfect passer rating on first downs. So this is a a, a team that they, they hit the switch, the confidence in CJ and the weapons around him and the play calling from last week's loss, uh, it was totally different, especially in the second half. And that is really my biggest takeaway. They saw what was in working. The Houston Texans only rushed for seven yards in the first half. That clearly was not going to be a, a way for them to win. But not only that, guys, from training camp, you've heard Cody say it here on the show. You've heard Brian Barefield, Big Saw say it here on the show. You've heard myself say it. You've heard You've heard a lot of people locally say this. C.J. Stroud does not consistently make the same mistakes. And so mm. he missed Tank Dale wide open for a touchdown in that first quarter. Mm-hmm. Then he missed Tank Dale again on the sideline to convert on third downs. The play of the game for me, <laughs> it's not It's not the touchdown to the back of the end zone for, from Tank Dale to seal it. Mm-hmm. The post-corner route where Tank Dale had the toe-drag swag. That throw by C.J. Stroud, that is not a rookie throw. That is a throw that, by the way, do you know that C.J. Stroud has more throw uh, t- touchdowns than Kenny Pickett? That is a throw that we've seen quarterbacks that's been in the league for more than a year have difficulty making. So C.J., I think, coming out of halftime, connected with, Noah Brown for a 75-yard touchdown. Big block there by Tank Dale to free him up for him to go down. And you saw Dalton Schultz go out there and have a monster day. And I need to apologize because in that, that first half, that first drive, I was thinking to myself, boy, is Dalton Schultz getting away with some, some money stealing? Mm. He balled out. Noah Brown balled out. This was kind of a Noah Brown game. Tank Dale balled out. Nico Collins was a factor. John Metchie got in on it. And credit to where credit is due. Bobby Slug approached this game as a must-win game. And for a quote-unquote rebuilding team, 
you don't have a lot of must-win games. So he got Xavier Hutchinson involved. This game, I think, wrapped up what this team can be under the leadership, under uh, just under C.J. Stroud when the offensive play calling and coaching staff has the trust in him. He went down there. He delivered five <laughs> TDs, nearly 500 yards. This was an all-time generational game <laughs> for this Houston Texans franchise. And I'm and I and, and to witness that, seriously, to witness that after the adversity throughout the week, after losing multiple games this year by three points, uh-huh. this was the game that you gotta tip your cap to. Amazing, near flawless game from the Houston Texans and CJ Stroud, especially how they took off in their third quarter, over 200 yards in their third quarter, three TDs in their third quarter. That is where that spark came from. By the way, I I, I want to mention this because I don't want it to get lost when you talk about CJ Strauss's greatness as of right now. Todd Bowles, Dennis Allen, Mike Tomlin. <laughs> Three of some of the best defensive-minded coaches of their generation. And, and by the way, against Todd Bowles' defense, of the 14 times C.J. Stroud was blitzed, he completed 10 passes, 175 <laughs> yards, one TD, 130, 137 passer rating, 12.5 yards per attempt. This guy is the oh. real deal. I know eventually somebody's going to come calling for Bobby Slork in a couple of years, and he may be able to get that job because of his uh, resume uh, that he may put on LinkedIn. And these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your NFL franchise or your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. And LinkedIn Jobs, they help you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Just post your job on LinkedIn at the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you like to interview and hire. This is why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. So listen, guys. And potentially in a couple of seasons, Bobby Sloyd. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this Victory Monday installment of Locked On Texans. And I want you guys to listen to this one-on-one exclusive that I had. With Houston Texans second year safety, Jalen Beach. Can you, if you, what can you share about what took place in this locker room at halftime? Well, I think it was just the mentality of not losing. Like we just didn't mm-hmm. want to lose, and I think we came out and did a great job of that. And came out with a win. Did somebody like say like a motivational message, or was it just we got to go Adrian, out here? Do Adrian came out and gave, gave us the juice. I ain't gonna lie, he gave uh-huh. us some good juice, and then we're already locked in and ready to get this win. Do you know? Do you know what he said? Can you share what he said? Or? A couple cuss words, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> got us going. Yeah, but that was about it. Yeah. 
Awesome, sounds good. Um, so I was talking to Henry, and Henry said that you was one of the guys in the um, at halftime in the locker room who actually stepped up and gave like a real motivational message. Um, what can you share about the message that you gave to the team? Um, man, really just just being us, you know, mm -hmm. just continuing to fight. You know, it's gonna be ups and downs in games. You know, that's life. But you know, mm -hmm. we just we got another chance, and we had a half to go out there and show what we can do, and to keep fighting. And we didn't want to come back in the locker room on the uh, losing side. So, you know, yeah. Um, that was really it. Who was going through your head during that final drive? You know, I think I think Tampa Bay left you guys with like 46 seconds left. Yeah, the biggest thing the biggest thing was, you know, I see it every day in practice. You know, mm -hmm. we got the best outline in the league. Yeah, our receiving core is crazy. Our quarterback yeah. is crazy. <laughs> yeah, like how they gonna stop us? I, they really got to show it because mm -hmm. you know we got a great group of group of guys. So. That's really what was going through my head. At first, I wanted to put my head down because, you know, we had got scored on. But, mm -hmm. you know, I was making sure that my energy was right. And yeah. look how God, you know, rewarded us. Yes, sir. Yep. Last question before I let you go, man. Um, Coach D'Amico Ryan has actually talked about the culture of this team, you know, the, the, the mindset of this team to win and never give up. Because the one thing that he said that kind of stuck with me, he said almost everything that could have went wrong for you guys went wrong. Yep. The injuries, the penalties, you know, the, the scoring job that Tampa Bay had. How would you best sum up this new culture of the Houston Texans? Um, the biggest thing that I would say is I just get a jail shot. I feel like the culture is just how do you want your house to look? That's mm -hmm. something that we've been talking about a lot lately. Like, um, you know, at the end of the day, you building your own house. Mm -hmm. Every play you build in your own house. Yeah. Every quarter you build. Like, how do you want it to look? the details, the materials, like all of that stuff. So mm -hmm. um, just paying attention to stuff like that and just making sure that we're relentless with our approach is the Houston Texans. And, you know, we're continue to, you know, step in that direction and continue to own that mantra. So, you know, mm -hmm. it is hard at times and it can be a little stressful, but, you know, that's how diamonds are made. That third quarter, we can give and sing praises to C.J. Stroud and that offense for actually making it a game, mm -hmm. but defensively, they actually gave the Houston Texans offense an opportunity to keep the game close and very winnable. If you guys had an opportunity to watch that game, you know what I'm talking about. But look, outside of that 53-yard bomb mm -hmm. that Mike Evans caught, and, and by the way, we need Derek Stingley back on this No, I don't, I don't think, I don't think I, that was the, the, uh, their fault. I, I still think Houston needs Derrick Singley back if they're going to make a real run, which I think they can. But the defense held Chris Godwin and Mike mm. Evans. They held Chris Godwin to two catches for 16 yards. And, again, aside of that 53-yard catch that Mike Evans called on the sideline, three catches for 34 yards. So they held them for a combined uh, outside of the 53. They held them for five catches for 50 yards. Mm. That defense played – Phenomenal, right? But then coming out of that halftime, you talk about giving them a speech in that third quarter. They held the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to 16 yards in mm. a quarter. And in that quarter, I I was ready to call attention. Christian Harris has been underperforming and disappointed. And to start that game, if you guys go back and remember some of the commentators we've been talking about in recent weeks, how Christian Harris has lost out snaps. But boy, did he come out balling in that, in that second half in that third quarter. You saw Khalil Davis get on the action. Outside of last week's game where you saw Malik Collins and the DTs get really active in terms of being able to create sacks and generate sacks and pressure to the quarterback, this was by far the Texans' second-best game I've seen from that defensive tackle unit. Mm. But to hold the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to only 16 yards in a quarter, 
to hold a future Hall of Famer, Mike Evans, to under 100 yards, to hold Chris Godwin, a very good player in this NFL league, a Super Bowl champion, to 16 yards, to do all of that with the injuries that Houston sustained. Jimmy Ward goes down. There's injury to that defensive backfield. MJ Stewart went down, I believe, and he, neither, neither one of those guys returned back to the game. And so I think coming out of halftime, this is why it's important to have a guy that can mimic the message from your head coach or defensive mm-hmm. coordinator from the sidelines to on the field. Because I think the biggest adjustment for Houston in that second half, intensity. They were playing fast. They were playing physical. There was a couple of times I thought the referees was going to throw a flag for unnecessary roughness, but you saw those guys get after the ball carrier. There was a drive where you saw Houston continuously make either no gain or negative plays. And for the game defensively, the Houston Texans had 15 plays of either no gain or negative yards. And a lot of those came in that second half, specifically that third quarter, where they gave Houston's offense an opportunity to stay in the game and stick around. I was so impressed by that defense because I thought coming out of halftime, the Buccaneers had an opportunity to go up two scores. Mm-hmm. And if they went up two scores, we're looking at a totally different ball game. We're looking at a ball game for the Houston Texans that did not have Kaimi Fairbairn, who, by the way, speedy recovery, he went down. Before he went down, he nailed a 50-yard bomb. And so you take an element away from the Houston Texans from a kicker that's pretty damn good in this league. But they had an opportunity to go up on Houston double digits, two scores, and from that point, how Houston has been performing offensively going into this game, even going into uh, coming out of that second, that first half, you would have thought to yourself, okay, this game is just, it's not winnable, right? Hmm. But defensively, they went out there and they made stops every chance they had an opportunity to do so. And guys, I was blown away defensively. I really was. (laughs) And at the beginning of the game, I thought to myself, the linebacker group, it's starting to become what, I, become what I thought they would be at the beginning of the year, very thin and, and missing guys that can kind of boost it. But they performed very well in that second half. Blake Cashman, I think, has been undoubtedly the best Houston Texas linebacker so far. Mm. And by the way, I'm going to say this, and they gave him a sack, Will Anderson, so he did get a sack today. But let me say this, guys. Mm. This is why you should be kind of excited. Once Will Anderson starts getting sacks for real, then you're going to see start seeing more yellow on the field. Because oh. if you watch his game, I don't know how many times Will Anderson is being held. They're just not calling it a lot of times. My Jay Sanders, who Houston just acquired uh, a couple of weeks ago, he had an opportunity to play. Uh, so shout out to my Jay. And I thought that in his presence, he did some, couple of, some good things. Nothing to show up in the, in the stat sheets. But overall, the third quarter is where this team won the game. No doubt about it. They held a team to 16 yards. They got a team off the field consistently. They were not able to score points. And during that run, this is something we haven't necessarily seen a combination of consistently. Either the defense plays well and the offense doesn't produce or the offense is producing, but the defense can't stop a nosebleed. This was a perfect combination of grit, determination will and we're going to win this game and that carried throughout mm. the entire game all the way down to six seconds after the houston texas <laughs> went down and scored from a tank Dale touchdown the u of a's kid welcome back hey 
<laughs> NFL, don't sue me, NFL. Don't sue me. Nighttime is here. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get a $150 in bonus get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. This app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season the right way. We're coming out of the bye week, the second half of the NFL season. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. Welcome back, Locked On Texan listeners and viewers. This was an all-around gritty performance. Nothing about this game necessarily was just the pr- – actually, you know what? It was pretty pretty out there. I ain't going to lie. Yeah, I said, the second half was second pretty. Half I don't know what you're talking about. See, man, the NRG <laughs> stadium was looking good. Uh, I know it had some drinks flowing and everybody. Mm. The second half, the second half is like after a couple of drinks while you out with your boys or at the club, and, and now that that three or four for men and women kind of <laughs> goes up to like seven, eight, nine, and and then that fourth quarter touchdown by Tendale <laughs> was just a pure dime. But when I look at how Houston had an opportunity to win this game, one of my keys to victories was just keeping the Bucks for in game contained and the Buccaneers have not been a good running team throughout the year and the Houston Texans continue that trend yeah you may see two TDs by Rashad White who I thought had a good game for his contributions to the um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers but 81 yards on 31 carries for 2.6 yards per carry is not good and guys I want you to understand how I'm not going to say for not, how monumental this is guys last year the Buccaneers could have been ranked dead last in running the ball per game offensively in, in rushing yards. And they probably still would have came in and been able to run for 150-plus yards in Houston, <laughs> Texas, who allowed 170 yards on a year. That has not been the case for this Texans defense so far this year. And I think this is one of those games where the small thing matters. They did not allow a running back to, to, to break the game open for him. Two point something yards per carry is something this defense can hang their hat on, and I'm gonna give it up for them because that was a key to victory, and I think that because of that key, that allowed for Houston to at times force force Tampa in third and long situations. I'm glad that you mentioned the small things in terms of recapping this game because John, the the one quote that resonated with me the most talking to Coach D'Amico Ryans after the game, he said everything that could go wrong went wrong for the Houston Texans. They walked away with seven injuries. By the way, um, I know you talked about getting Derrick Stanley Jr. back, and I 100% agree with you, but uh, I just hope Jimmy Ward is not out for an extended period of time. Because if he is, along with MJ Stewart, along with Eric Murray as well, I don't know how the um, Texans defensive backfield is definitely going to be able to – or go ahead. And are we able to share information about the moving from another safety that was on this team? Granted, Arnold. 
Yeah, that's 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 let's save that for tomorrow's show because I, I definitely believe that's is that is going to be a roster move that is definitely going to hinder this organization moving forward. Not sitting here saying like he was one of the greatest at his position, but he was definitely a guy that could have provided some much needed depth to this team. But we'll save that for tomorrow's show. But John, when you talk about the small things, that's why it was so important for me to see what transpired inside that locker room at halftime because i'm not gonna lie to you sitting inside nrg stadium looking at that first half looking at the texan struggle on both sides of the ball and not executing i started getting flashbacks of last year again which has probably been the worst game i, I ever attended whether as a reporter or as a fan and that was that terrible game where the houston Texans lost against the washington commanders where so many people including myself were sitting there asking are the Texans players and coaches just out there to collect the check? And I'm not going to lie. I kind of felt that way during the first half of this game. However, to know that these players care, to hear Coach D'Amico Ryan's rave about having the players believe in one another, regardless of what is going on. You got, and he's talking about believing in one, one another. He's talking about how the team believed in Darwell Grumbawale to go out there and drill a 29-yard field goal. And look, I understand they won this game by the touchdown between C.J. Stroud and Tank Dale, but you take away that field goal by Agumba Wale, looking at a situation where the Texans would have came up short. Yeah, I just love how this team was able to just overcome the adversity, make halftime adjustments. And look, by the way, I wonder if not having Damian Pierce and losing Kaimi Fairbear kind of forced Bobby Sloy into saying, you know what? We have no other choice but to but be to aggressive. Be aggressive. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder. Hey, look. If it did or didn't, shout out to Bobby Sloy. He called a shout heck out. of a game. But I'm just wondering because it was like, all right, now you're forced to just go out there and trust C.J. Stroud. But, you know, just looking at how the Texans back were against the wall at several moments throughout this game and to see them come away victorious john i don't know about you but i would definitely consider this one of my favorite games that i ever witnessed from the houston texans whether fan whether report definitely as a reporter because i ain't got that many to choose from unfortunately but this was just a phenomenal win regardless how the rest of the season shakes out ladies and gentlemen the houston texans i'm not even gonna say they're back the houston texans are revamped yeah. They are establishing themselves, and they are on to something special with this with this regime of players and coaches. Man, I'm I'm still in awe. This game, how this game was going, reminded me a lot of that 2017. This was during the month of October when you saw mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson go crazy against the Seattle Seahawks. Mm-hmm. The difference is they lost that game. Yeah, they did. And again, guys, the throw of the game, the play of the game for me was a post corner <laughs> route by, by Tank Dale. And mm. then you saw Houston Texans go out there and cap it off by getting the win. Tank Dale, who abused Carlton Davis. Carlton Davis had a bad day. He, he was getting abused for pretty much the entire game. But to see them cap it off, see, it's not it's not about that they made the comeback. We've seen Houston make comebacks. They capped it off with a victory on a historic day from their rookie quarterback, their franchise quarterback, five TDs, 470 yards. But let me just say this before we close out. 
the week the the, the week the Houston teams have had the Rockets are two and zero. The Cougars won. They beat Baylor. The Texans win. None of this happened <laughs> before Pierre Simone Hickman was born, my baby girl. Yes, I'm sir. Saying, I don't know if she's good luck, but I'm just saying an undefeated week for the city of Houston. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked on Texans podcast. Be sure to continuously check us out throughout the week as we continue to talk Texans and cover your team every day. Follow us on Twitter at Locked on Texans and subscribe, like, and comment. Follow me on X, Twitter, whatever it is, at John underscore Hickman 12. And by the way, 5K. We here. We are here because of y'all. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. And shout out to baby girl. Like you say, John, 3 and 0. I think I think I think you I think you need to I think you need to you know add a couple more you know like like Lil Wayne said a few years back maybe five like the Jacksons or John Passing you know I'm just I'm just I'm just saying man you know you got some good luck going on you know and we definitely need some more championships (laughs) but until until next baby until next baby peace. (laughs)